Our psalm today is Psalm 42 and Psalm 43, begins on page 392. Watch ye, for ye know not when the master of the health cometh, at even or at midnight, or at the cock crowing, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus our Lord, and grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life to the glory of thy holy name. Grant we beseech thee, merciful Lord, to thy faithful people, pardon and peace, that they may be cleansed from all their sins and serve thee with a quiet mind, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 42 on page 392. Like as the heart desireth the water brooks, so longeth my soul after thee, O God. My soul is a thirst for God, yea, even for the living God. When shall I come to appear before the presence of God? My tears have been my meat day and night, while they daily say unto me, Where is now thy God? Now when I think thereupon, I pour out my heart by myself. For I went with the multitude and brought them forth into the house of God. In the voice of praise and thanksgiving, among such as keep holy day. Why art thou so full of heaviness, O my soul? And why art thou so disquieted within me? O put thy trust in God. For I will yet thank him, which is the help of my countenance and my God. My soul is vexed within me. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan, from Hermon, and the little hill. One deep calleth another, because of the noise of thy water floods. All thy waves and storms are gone over me. The Lord will grant his loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night season will I sing of him, and make my prayer unto the God of my life. 
I will say unto the God of my strength, Why hast thou forgotten me? Why go I thus heavily while my enemy oppresseth me? My bones are smitten asunder as with a sword, and mine enemies that trouble me cast me in the teeth. Namely, while they say daily unto me, Where is now thy God? Why art thou so vexed, O my soul, and why art thou so disquieted within me? O put thy trust in God, for I will yet thank him, which is the help of my countenance and my God. Psalm 43 Give sentence with me, O God, and defend my cause against the ungodly people. O deliver me from the deceitful and wicked man. For thou art the God of my strength. Why hast thou put me from thee? And why go I so heavily while the enemy oppresseth me? O send out thy light and thy truth, that they may lead me, and bring me unto the holy hill, and to thy dwelling. And that I may go unto the altar of God, even unto the God of my joy and gladness, and upon the harp will I give thanks unto thee, O God, my God. Why art thou so heavy, O my soul, and why art thou so disquieted within me? O put thy trust in God, for I will yet give him thanks, which is the help of my countenance and my God. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the ninth chapter of the book of Isaiah. Nevertheless, the gloom will not be upon her who is distressed, as when at first he lightly esteemed the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, and afterward more heavily oppressed her by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan in Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. You have multiplied the nation and increased its joy. They rejoice before you according to the joy of harvest, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For you have broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder. The rod of the oppressor, as in the day of Midian, for every warrior's sandal from the noisy battle and the garments rolled in blood will be used for burning and fuel of fire. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end, upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with justice and ju judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. The Lord sent a word against Jacob, and it has fallen on Israel. All the people will know, Ephraim and the inhabitant of Samaria, who say in pride and arrogance of heart, The bricks have fallen down, but we will rebuild with hewn stones. The sycamores are cut down, but we will replace them with cedars. Therefore the Lord shall set up the adversaries of Rezin against him, and spur his enemies on, the Syrians before and the Philistines behind, and they shall devour Israel with an open mouth. For all this his anger is not turned away, 
but his hand is stretched out still. For the people do not turn to him who strikes them, nor do they seek the Lord of hosts. Therefore the Lord will cut off the head and tail from Israel, palm branch and bulrush in one day. The elder and honorable, he is the head. The prophet who teaches lies, he is the tail. For the leaders of this people cause them to err, and those who are led by them are destroyed. Therefore the Lord will have no joy in their young men, nor have mercy on their fatherless and widows. For everyone is a hypocrite and an evildoer, and every mouth speaks folly. For all this his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. Here endeth the first lesson. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Saviour. For he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him. Throughout all generations he hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath hope in his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers, Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the eleventh chapter of the book of Revelation. Then I was given a reed like a measuring rod, and the angel stood, saying, Rise and measure the temple of God, the altar, and those who worship there. But leave out the court which is outside the temple, and do not measure it, for it has been given to the Gentiles, and they will tread the holy city underfoot for forty-two months. And I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy one thousand two hundred and sixty days, clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands standing before the God of the earth. And if anyone wants to harm them, fire proceeds from their mouth and devours their enemy. And if anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in this manner. These have power to shut heaven so that no rain falls in the days of their prophecy. And they have power over waters to turn them to blood and to strike the earth with all plagues as often as they desire. When they finish their testimony, the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit will make war against them, overcome them, and kill them. And their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. Then those from the peoples, tribes, tongues, and nations will see their dead bodies three and a half days, and not allow their dead bodies to be put into graves. And those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them, make merry, and send gifts to one another, because these two prophets tormented those who dwell on the earth. Now after the three and a half days, the breath of life from God entered them, and they stood on their feet, and great fear fell on those who saw them. And they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, Come up here. And they ascended to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies saw them. In the same hour there was a great earthquake, 
and a tenth of the city fell. In the earthquake, seven thousand people were killed, and the rest were afraid and gave glory to the God of heaven. The second woe is past. Behold, the third woe is coming quickly. Then the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And the twenty-four elders who sat before God on their thrones fell on their faces and worshipped God, saying, We give you thanks, O Lord God Almighty, the one who is and who was and who is to come, because you have taken your great power and reigned. The nations were angry, and your wrath has come, and the time of the dead, that they should be judged, and that you should reward your servants, the prophets and the saints. And those who fear your name, small and great, and should destroy those who destroy the earth. Then the temple of God was opened in heaven, and the ark of his covenant was seen in his temple. And there were lightnings, noises, thunderings, an earthquake, and great hail. Here endeth the second lesson. Lord, now let us thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified dead and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state. And mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. And do thy ministers with righteousness and make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Blessed Lord, who has caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant that we may in such wise hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by patience and comfort of thy holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which thou hast given us in our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Almighty God, give us grace that we may cast away the works of darkness and put upon us the armor of light, now in the time of this mortal life, in which thy Son, Jesus Christ, came to visit us in great humility, that in the last day, 
when he shall come again in his glorious majesty to judge both the quick and the dead, we may rise to the life immortal, through him who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost now and ever. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of thy only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Good evening. Wow, that's some easy passages there, um, Isaiah 9 and, and Revelation. And so, I mean, we could probably cover that in five minutes and get every part of it covered, so I'm being facetious right now. I want to start with a quote from Henry Nouwen that kind of puts Isaiah and Revelation in perspective for us. Here's the quote. The expectation of Advent is anchored in the event of God's incarnation. The more I come in touch with what happened in the past, the more I come in touch with what is to come. The gospel not only reminds me of what took place, but also of what will take place. In the contemplation of Christ's first coming, I can discover the signs of his second coming. By looking back in meditation, I can look forward in expectation. By reflection, I can project. By conserving the memory of Christ's birth, I can progress to the fulfillment of his kingdom. I am struck by the fact that the prophets speaking about the future of Israel, Israel always kept reminding their people of God's great works in the past. They could look forward with confidence because they could look backward with awe to Yahweh's great deeds. So we see this played out in the lamentation of Psalm 72. In the middle of uh, 42, excuse me, in the middle of the psalmist's dismay, he remembers God. His confidence in the future comes from the memory of his past. And in, in the eighth verse, he writes, the Lord will command his loving kindness. This statement of confidence interrupts his uh, laments and providing a, a few gracious, uh, what you call gulps of divine air under the cascading waters of his trials and his tormentors. And in Psalms 43, why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. So that's another, another example of in the, in the middle of the trials, we can look forward to the uh, blessing, which is kind of a theme of, these, of this whole Advent period, is that uh, God acted so mightily in the past and faithfully, and no matter what we're going through, we have an expe expectation of his reward. Uh, just a little note on Psalm 42 and 43. I think you're all aware that those numbers, Psalm 42 and 43, were added much later in, in their original form. They were just a scroll, and they, they uh, were separated, but not by these numbers. And 42 and 43 were probably uh, one psalm at that time. Doesn't matter that we put a 43 in front of it, the message and the words are still there. So then we come to Isaiah, and I think as we go to Isaiah and Revelation, it's good to remember that um, what our, our colleague said, the colleague for um, Bible Week, um, 
All scriptures are written for our learning. Grant that we may such wise hear them, mark them, learn with, and learn them, and inwardly digest them. So, I'm going to suggest that we do that today. And then, if somebody's really interested in some of the details of Revelation and Isaiah, and, um, I know on the St. Matthew's website there's a, a link to the Revelation cl- class that Bishop Scarlett and Father Hayden did. And it's excellent. So, if one of the things you gave up was TV during Advent, you might want to even think about checking in and listening to that. So um, Isaiah is about a great hope in the midst of judgment. And then we hear about uh, a child this morning. And this morning, Bishop talked about Isaiah's son and how sometimes prophecies have two levels, the one that's immediate and the one that's coming. This child is not Isaiah's son. It says, for unto us a child is born, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And that's a promise of the Messiah to come. In Revelation, we see in the midst of the trials, hope. And one of the things that we have to remember about Revelation is we can't draw like exact um, parallels between their imagery um, and their and the Old Testament um, references that they come from. But we do have to remember that a lot of this goes back to the Old Testament. So the two witnesses that were mentioned, um, some people think it's Moses and Elijah. Uh, Moses, because he brought the law, and Elijah, the prophets, both were able to call judgment down. Moses called plagues, Elijah called fires. Um, So I think the two witnesses, in my opinion, are probably uh, metaphorical references to Moses and Elijah, and that the two witnesses in the Old Testament, it takes two witnesses to convict anybody of a crime. So I think the two witnesses might have been the law and the prophets, and you might remember when the um, the rich man said, let me go back and tell my family. And he said, you had Moses and the prophets. So um, if your family didn't believe that, the rich man and uh, Lazarus, that's what it was. So uh, it kind of goes back. There's an Old Old Testament uh, passage in Zechariah that talks about olive trees and a lampstand, which is a symbol of um, uh, anointed to serve the Lord and the earth. So, so ultimately, the two witnesses form a composite image of the law and the prophets, Um, It culminates in life, death, and resurrection and ascension of a prophet and priest, uh, which could be referring to Jesus, too. So it's kind of like if uh, I used to read Revelation, it would scare me. And my my theory now is if if Revelation scares me, then I'm not getting it because it's all about Jesus uh, fulfilling the kingdom and and us fulfilling our part and um, being rewarded with our resurrection bodies and to be with him forever. And that's something to look forward to, not to be afraid of. So we started with Henry now and tonight, and I think I'm going to end with C.S. Lewis. You will remember that in the parable, the saved go to a place prepared for them, while the damned go to a place never made for men at all. To enter heaven is to become more human than you ever succeeded in being on earth. To enter hell is to be banished from humanity. And that's the choice we make is to follow God or not follow God. And so we hold on to our hope. Let's continue with a prayer for all conditions of men. O God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldest be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially we pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth and hold the faith in unity of spirit, in the bond of peace, and in righteousness of life. 
Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are in any ways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate, especially those for whom we make our prayers at this time. that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Together the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, thy unworthy servants, do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men particularly for your word, the scriptures, and for those things we are thankful for at this time. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life but above all for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service, and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you to Barb and Robert, my co-leaders, and thank you for joining me tonight. Have a blessed Monday evening. Thank you, Deacon Bob. Have a good night, everybody. Bye-bye.